How have the uh, rules changes made the sport different, and are the uh, changes good? Uh, for that and more, baseball, out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Zach Kreiser, baseball editor at Yahoo Sports. And Zach, always good to have you on. Let's start with some rules. Let's start with the pitch clock specifically, uh, which seemed to be met with that with actually little resistance until Manny Machado uh, was ejected on Tuesday during a uh, hitter's violation by home plate umpire Ron Culpa. Culpa, by the way, that was the first inning, but he had an interesting day behind the plate uh, with uh, many players and managers and dugouts complaining. There's only two dugouts, but they were both complaining during the Diamondbacks went over the Padres. Back to the rules thing. Are uh, are the new rules an advantage for the more of an advantage for the hitters or the pitchers? Do you think, or more of a you know adjustment for them? Yeah, that uh, that Manny Machado ejection was interesting. I, I probably would have taken uh, the under on how long it took for someone to get ejected arguing a pitch timer thing. So honestly, impressive we made it this long. Uh, I, I thought that that was honestly mostly even because he was saying he thought he called timeout more than any explicit frustration with the uh, the rules. But yes, I, I think it's been pretty seamless, right? Everyone seems pretty happy that the pace is up. Uh, it, it seems like everyone's pretty happy with the pitch timer, which is kind of how I thought it would play out. I don't think anyone's been overly affected so far. I think it's a little hard to gauge the pitcher versus hitter uh, balance at the moment. The one thing I'm, I'd am i be watching is, uh, and this is something I plan to run some data on and test once we have some more games in the books, is just whether it's affecting pitcher stamina. Uh, we've seen some older pitchers yeah. lose velocity as the game goes on. Uh, Carlos Carrasco had this happening for the Mets the other night. But, obviously, pitchers just have injury issues or stamina issues every year. It's not necessarily uh, a result of that. So I, I want to get some some better sample to see if that's the thing that's happening to a lot of pitchers or if it's just a one-off or two-off case. But th- that's the one thing I'd still be looking at. Otherwise, the, the numbers look fairly similar to uh, the stats we've been seeing uh, the past few years. The, the only differences you can see are the, the shift restrictions, not the pitch timer, but the shift restrictions seem to have uh, increased the number of singles in play. And uh, the pickoff rules combined with the bigger bases seem to have uh, spiked stolen bases a little, which is, is pretty fun. Yeah, I will get to both of those things specifically here momentarily. One thing that I think is we're just not used to it yet, but there's been some confusion to, you know, announcers, you know, fans, et cetera, as uh, what the actual violations are, you know, the hitter violation or the pitcher violation, the catcher violation. Uh, and I heard it mentioned on uh, during a broadcast on Tuesday that the umpire needs to announce it to the crowd. But if they did that, to some extent, wouldn't that kind of uh, defeat the purpose of increasing the pace of play? Yes, but I don't think we need a full NFL-style referee explanation for every violation. I think there's a couple things that could do it. There's, keep, you know, broadcasts are still working on how to display the pitch timer, I think, and part of the confusion with some of them is uh, the broadcasts are by and large only showing the pitch timer prominently when it's running down and that kind of ignores the part where the, the hitter violation happens at eight seconds. So that being on the 
screen, at least at the beginning, I think would help a little bit. And, you know, a lot of baseball calls, we are used to the umpire having a very particular motion that he does whenever the, the event happens, whether it's a strike pointing to the side or an out with the closed fist. There, there probably just needs to be a more comprehensive and universal language for the pitch timer violation because I, I think there's the, uh, the clock motion, you know, as if he's uh, motioning to his wrist when there's a violation, but there's no uh, designation for who the violation is on. So they probably need to develop a little bit more of an emphatic way for that to be communicated. Definitely that would be preferable to uh, stopping and explaining it verbally. Meanwhile, you mentioned the stolen bases. Uh, they're certainly up. Pitcher is limited in throwing to first base. Uh, you know, their you know, times to do that have been obviously reduced greatly. Uh, will the increase in stolen bases maybe decline once the pitchers and catchers, managers, bench coaches, whomever, come up with more of a maybe a standard plan to slow down the running game? Yeah, I think the initial spike will probably flatten out a little bit. I, I think the conditions, especially uh, when you combine the fact that more people are going to be standing on first base having gotten a single, uh, I think that is going to increase the opportunities for stolen bases and the reason to do it because scoring from second on a single is very possible and there are more singles. So I think the conditions all add up to more stolen bases. Do I think it will stay at this level? Probably not, but I'll be interested to see how it plays out because I think there was some skepticism when I was in some spring training camps. There was skepticism that stolen bases would actually go up. So I think we've seen some hitters go right in and buy the idea and say, I'm going to steal more because it, it's going to be easier. And the success rate is way up, too. So I think you'll probably actually see more attempts for a little while as more guys see that, oh, this is actually a little bit easier. I should take the base. And then you will see pitchers, you know, pitchers who've never had to develop a slide step will probably figure one out. Catchers who have been maybe sitting on one knee uh, to, for framing purposes might adjust and get in a better throwing position. So I think you'll see more attempts and a slightly lower uh, success rate, and it'll level out so that we are at like 2012 levels of stolen bases instead of the really low levels we've been at. Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Curly in the Sports Zone. Okay, the shift rules. I saw Kyle Schwarber last night get a line, hit a line drive to right field for a hit that would have been an out, a routine out most likely in recent seasons. So how much of the shift rules change the game? And once again, I know we're into a short, this short sample size and so forth, but, you know, you know Schwarber has you know, got to be amongst the leaders that had hits taken away from him in recent years. Yeah, I think Corey Seager, Kyle Schwarber, that type of hitter who uh, does Anthony Rizzo, who, who hit a lot of those line drives to the pole side over the infield. You know, I think what you're seeing is the – the rule says that there have to be two fielders on each side of second base, but it also says they have to be in front of the grass. They have to be on the dirt. And I think that part of that being on the dirt is maybe the most significant thing because it, it takes away their ability to put that second baseman deep in the hole. Uh, the only way you can counter it is 
like the Royals actually did once for Joey Gallo and take your left fielder and put him in that spot and play with two outfielders, basically. Uh, I don't think many hitters are going to see that. I think it's going to be pretty much a Joey Gallo situation or maybe in some extreme situations for other hitters. So really that's the type of hit that is going to be a hit now. I think people who wanted to see, you know, the up the middle hit return, we've already seen that's really not happening. The the second baseman and, or shortstop can still play pretty much an inch to the side at second base and take away that up the middle ground ball. So you're you know, there are more singles. There have been more singles. The Babbitt uh, batting average on balls in play across the league has gone up a little bit. And I think that's going to be kind of it. You know, I, it's not a huge change, but it, it helps some of those pull hitters who were hitting what appeared to be obvious line drive singles. They will get the singles out of it for the most part now where they weren't before. And it creates a more traditional you know, if the ball is uh, scalded in the hole, now it really requires an athletic play from an infielder to get to it where uh, sometimes it didn't before. Okay, I heard a juice ball theory out there mentioned yesterday. There's, you know, last 24 to 48 hours, quite a few home runs. Uh, have we seen enough to wonder if the baseball has actually changed, the baseball itself has changed since last season? Well, it's interesting. So, uh, you know, I think there was very good reason to be skeptical about MLB's handling of the baseball for the past, oh, I don't know, six years or so. Uh, the the league has now set up a uh, drag dashboard on Baseball Savant, which is the uh, kind of clearinghouse for stat cast metrics. So you can actually look at daily drag measurements, which is the the thing that really makes the ball fly its a, a measurement of how the ball flies. And last year was the least Homer friendly year since 2016 uh, by drag. And the previous years, you know, 2021 had been a more moderate home run year. 2019 and 2017 were the big years where the ball was flying so out of this world that the home runs felt almost like a gimmick. Uh, so, we actually have drag readings for every day of the season so far. And uh, right now the drag readings are in the realm of 2021, not in 2019 territory. Uh, the most extreme day was uh, close to 2017, but you know, not even in 2017 territory. So you're really looking at possibly a return to 2021, but it's, it's hard to say too much so far because there have been so few days, but I, I think it is uh, prudent to be looking at this drag dashboard and seeing if the batch of baseballs that is in play right now might be a little more homer-friendly than we saw in 2022, sure. Okay, so we're less than a full week into the season. Uh, do we know yet whether the more casual fan is watching more baseball because of the uh, you know pace of play changes? I certainly don't think we know if it's because of pace of play changes. Uh, I, I saw some reports that viewership for the uh, opening day games and the national game on opening day were were up significantly, and, and that seems like a start. I think really baseball has to, you know, let this play out and let it be a word of mouth thing of, hey, the, the games are only two and a half hours-ish now. It's a, a lot easier to make that commitment. It's a, a lot faster-paced experience. There's there's less dawdling. There's less adjusting your batting gloves. Will that produce 
uh, immediate viewership numbers. I'm not really sure. I think in the grand scheme, the time of game and the pace of play is more of a, a barrier that's down. It's not a, an invitation to people. It is more of a reason that they might have stopped before and now they won't be stopped there. I think the greater invitation might be the increasing batting average and the stolen bases. You know, this is a year that could produce I think it's unlikely it produces a uh, really, really high stolen base total season from someone, but maybe Ronald Acuna Jr. goes after 40-40 and creates uh, a big national story that way. Maybe uh, Aaron Judge goes after a a record again and creates uh, attention that then translates into people realizing the entire rest of the game has shifted a little bit. Uh, I think that's more of what it is. It is not an inducement in and of itself that the games are faster, but it might be a barrier that is down now. Going around Major League Baseball, Zach Kreiser from Yahoo. Okay, on to some, I uh, guess, annual baseball questions, and certainly small sample size, uh, but uh, are there a couple of teams that have caught your eye so far in a positive way? Sure. I mean, I think uh, we we got to start with the Tampa Bay Rays, who are undefeated. Uh, that, that's a, uh, you know, and it's in classic Rays fashion. They are getting ridiculous pitching performances from some guys that a lot of people have never heard of. Uh, Jeffrey Springs, Drew Rasmussen, and, uh, you know, Shane McClanahan started the All-Star game, but he was also very, very good in his first go-round. I think the, the question for the Rays is can they get a full season out of Wander Franco healthy? And if he really takes off like the star prospect he was supposed to, he, he was, and uh, you know if he can have a full major league season playing as he has so far, I think the Rays are going to be more of a factor in the AL East than maybe people uh, thought coming in. Not because of these five games, but just because we've seen the reminder of oh, okay, if this team is getting Wander Franco at full health and has this pitching, maybe they're a little more exciting than we give them credit for because they are. Uh, kind of stuck in a smaller market with a smaller fan base. So I, I, I think the Rays have been impressive. I think the the Orioles have not necessarily convinced me they're going to contend, but they have been particularly adept at exploiting the new rules. Uh, Cedric Mullins and Jorge Mateo have both been running constantly. They are very fast. They've gotten on base so far, and they have taken advantage of it. I think that's an interesting element to add to what was already going to be a better team just by virtue of having star catcher Adley Rutschman and top prospect third baseman Gunnar Henderson up for the full season. So I think the fact that they're leveraging the rules is uh, a really interesting development. And then I'll, I'll mention that, you know, the Dodgers don't have uh, the same level of stardom that they had. They kind of sat out the off season, but, Early on, they are getting contributions from young players you, that weren't, you know, superstar prospects, but were, you know, promising young players. We've seen Miguel Vargas and James Altman on base pretty much constantly, and uh, I, I think, you know, they're going to be formidable once again, even if they didn't make a big splash this winter. Okay, so opposite side of that, after six days, are there some teams that might not be as good as predicted? I know it's you know it's one less than one week, but uh, there are a couple of teams that kind of look like they maybe didn't really have much spring training at this point. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious one that uh, has struggled out of the gate is the Philadelphia Phillies. They are having some issues with depth and injuries. Uh, Bryce Harper, we knew, was going to be out for a little while after having uh, elbow surgery uh, last year. And they also missed Ranger Suarez, the uh, typical kind of mid-rotation starter. He went out right at the end of spring training, and they've had to shuffle their pitching staff. And it did not go great in the first uh, series against Texas. They got shelled in their first game against the Yankees, but finally won a game last night. So they've put themselves in a bit of a hole. If you're if you're going to be a playoff contender, it's not that five games matters, but going 0-5 is just a pretty big uh, hole to get out of. Uh, the other team that I would say has some flaws exposed that we maybe saw coming, the, the Cardinals are having – they do not have a pitching staff that you can trust. They have a lineup that is excellent. You know, they have superstars in Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldsmith. They have a lot of really interesting young players who are hitting and George Walker and on down the line to more established guys like Brendan Donovan and Lars Newtbar. But Jack Flaherty probably had their best start of the season, and that involved walking like eight guys, even though he, uh, you know, managed to go keep the game under control and get the win. So I think they have some questions to answer on the pitching front. And the way Milwaukee has played so far, you know, Milwaukee is basically the opposite. They're all pitching no bats by the projections, but they've been hitting so far. So the Cardinals probably need to get some, get some pitching in line to fully contend. Zach, appreciate it as always. Thanks much. I'm sure we'll be checking back frequently through the season. Thank you. Zach Kreiser. Baseball editor at Yahoo Sports, ex 